Bill Mosley, and I listen to the Skeleton Crew. I like to keep my standards low. That way I'm never disappointed. Okay, we're back, and we're here with Bill Mosley, a man with quite a career. Night of the Living Dead, The Blob, Army of Darkness, Texas Chainsaw 2, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and it goes on and on. Bill, thank you for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. It's great having you on. Well, you know, I set my standards. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will not be disappointed then. <laughs> yes, I'm never disappointed. You know, Bill, what I really love about you is, like, your enthusiasm for the work you've done. Like, I'm thinking, like, who else would dress up as a character they played in a movie to an award show? Or even, like, join a band and perform the vocals as, the, you know, that character, Chop Top? Like, are, are you are you loving where things are going right now in your life? Yes, I mean, you're, you're trying to get me to admit that I'm deeply depraved, and I'm, I'm more than happy to say yes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I mean, usually when you have a when you have a normally a weak personality, then you know you tend to live in in character projections, and uh, that's what my shrink told me. So what I'm trying to do is to just uh, you know develop my own characteristics and try to you know be Bill Mosley a little more often. Really? But it, it's not it's not as exciting, but uh, you know apparently in the long run it will be more fulfilling. Yeah, more beneficial in the end. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so they say. It's very confusing. My, my new efforts are confusing my children now. <laughs> they go, hey, lick my plate, Dad. And I go, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> hey, Dad, so, aren't, you, aren't you the devil and aren't you here to do the devil's work? I go, no, kids, no. <laughs> Let's watch cartoons. Yeah, you know? I, I was going to ask you about that. Like, when your kids watch you in these roles, are they freaked out? Like, what's Daddy doing to that guy? <laughs> You know, when my older daughter was about um, six or seven, she had a nightmare, and I heard her calling out weakly and frightened in the middle of the night, and I jumped out of bed and came into her room, and I said, uh, what's wrong, sweetie? And she said, I, I had a nightmare. And I said, really, sweetie, what was it about? And she goes, I, I don't want to say. I said, no, no, really, really, what was it about? And she goes, candy man. <laughs> I said, candy man? I said, honey, your father is Chop Top, and Chop Top kicks Candyman's ass. <laughs> and it just, it just came out of me spontaneously. You know, it's like a professional pride thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she kind of, you know, and I, I know Tony Todd, and I'm sure he could kick my ass a hundred ways to Sunday, but, yeah, in the moment, it, it, that came out like, what? Candyman? Jeez, give me a break. And, uh, you know, she looked at me like, you know, my God, yeah, my dad is Chop Top. And uh, somehow that, that gave her relief, and she went right to sleep. Of course, I was, I was also I had my hand over her nose and mouth. So. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. As long, That'll do it. As, as long as she wakes up in the morning, we're good. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. principle. It's called oxygen deprivation. No, but anyway, uh, you know, so my, my kids have, um, you know, have certainly, you know, that's just part of the deal. You know, I was going to ask you about Chop Top. You know, one thing that really struck me is, like, the different tone between Texas Chainsaw, the original, and part two. So what I'm wondering is, did that affect the way you approach that role? Like, like what, was it evident on paper, or, or did it become apparent while you were filming that this movie was not going to be nearly as dark or serious as the original? Well, it's funny. I mean, I got a uh, Kit Carson, who co-wrote with Toby, uh, sent me a copy of the script before uh, I ever was chopped up, and he asked me to read the script and pay attention to that character. And... Uh, you know, it was, uh, I could tell that there was a lot of uh, spoof in it. Uh, you know, the original opening um, uh, was a bunch of, uh, you know, yuppie things. Like, I don't know if it was uh, plaid pants or yuppie, you know, plates or, you know, some, some kind of kind of Neiman Marcus ad. And with every, with every new tableau, a chainsaw was supposed to cut through it. So... It was clearly like "die yuppie die" could have been the subtitle to it, right? And I could tell that it was uh, definitely you know there was a sense of humor to it that basically that the Sawyer family had now moved into kind of uh, you know a weird yuppie universe and uh, 
you know, I was trying to get by, you know, with the chili business and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, just kind of, uh, you know, like they wanted the same things that, uh, you know, the yuppies wanted. So I, I got that it was funny. And um, uh, when I went to uh, Austin, Texas to, to shoot Chainsaw 2 in the, the spring of 86, um, I remember I'd never met Toby before. I got hired on the basis of a short film I made called The Texas Chainsaw Manicure which was actually set in a beauty parlor in Staten Island. And I played the hitchhiker character. Um, anyway, so uh, I had never met Toby. Toby hired me on the basis of uh, my 20-second cameos, the hitchhiker. And when I finally did meet him, um, what really struck me was I remember talking to him and saying, you know, I <clears throat> we really was freaked out by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, it really... You know, really, you know, it, it hurt me, you know, deep down inside. And, you know, only by watching it a bunch of times and making the manicure, um, you know, was I able to kind of rise above it or at least, you know, get back to uh, surface level. And um, and Toby looked at me kind of quizzically and just said, oh, man, I, I thought that, I thought, uh, you know, I think of uh, the original as a, as a comedy. Really? And I went, I went what? Yeah. All right. <laughs> but... You know, and I, I've looked at it since, uh, you know, from that point of view, and and it is—it's got a lot of uh, very funny moments to it. It does, and there must have been a lot of set humor to it, uh, to boot. But um, you know, when I first saw it back in you know 1975, I guess in Boston, on the double bill with Enter the Dragon, uh, in the Combat Zone in you know downtown Boston on a Sunday afternoon, uh, there was nothing funny about it. I mean, yeah. it just it took yeah. the air out of the theater and really freaked everybody out. And uh, so for him to, to think of the first one as a comedy, I mean, geez, you know, I just thought, man, what have, what have I gotten into here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you, know what? It's, uh, you know, we never we never played anything for laughs. I mean, that was, you know, the, you know, the, I think good comedy is, is, you know, is when everybody's oblivious to it being comedic. You just, you know, play your part. Right. And then, um, you know, the yeah. context kind of makes everything funny or gives it a perspective. Yeah, it, just like the old Batman show, you just play it straight. And, yeah, like you said, the you know, the content in it is what's going to carry the comedy out. Yep. That's that's perfect. You know, yep. I, was, I was thinking, like, how do you define your career? Like, because, um, you know, you got the whole Chop Top thing and all the movies I, I already mentioned that you did. In the earlier days, would you like sort of divide your career as before and after Rob Zombie? Um, you know, you certainly could. Um, you know, I uh, uh, was really lucky. It felt like hitting the lottery to uh, get the part of Chop Top. I mean, again, I, I never auditioned for it. I, I just made uh, out of my own inspiration, made uh, the Texas Chainsaw Manicure you know, it, it never, it didn't really go anywhere for two years. But I, what I had done was I, I brought it out and showed it to a friend of mine. I was living in New York when I made it. And I brought it out to Los Angeles when I came out for, uh, used to work for a magazine called Omni, an old science magazine. Mm -hmm. And I was out in L.A. covering the making of 2010, the Space Odyssey sequel. And I had a school buddy who was actually a, uh, then and still a, a successful screenwriter. And uh, he and his partner had a uh, an office across the hall from Toby Hooper back then at uh, Paramount Pictures when they were doing Poltergeist. And my buddy said, hey, you know, I showed him the manicure just, you know, for the heck of it. And he said, well, look, if you leave me a copy of this, I'll walk it into Toby and, and uh, give it to him. And I thought, you know, it's not, I'm not really going to do anything with it. So, you know, I mean, there's, you know, that would be really nice if the, the director liked it, but uh, I didn't really have any expectations. And uh, true to his word, my buddy walked it into Toby, and uh, Toby loved the manicure and called in his producing partner, a guy named uh, Steven Spielberg, and uh, showed him the manicure, and they both loved it. They loved my performance. And, uh, so that's how I got the job. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, and that, that was, Two years before, that was 84, so it was two years until they actually started shooting Chainsaw 2. And so I got a call out of the middle of, you know, in the middle of nowhere, you know, I just got it in the night and uh, basically got hired on the basis of a, you know, a short film I did two years earlier. 
So that was kind of the lottery. You know, that got me into show business because that was kind of winning the lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then, you know, I, I uh, you know, I got some gigs here and there. I did Pink Cadillac with Clint Eastwood, and I did uh, White Fang for Disney, and you know, a few things here and there. But it wasn't really. I wasn't completely. Um, you know, it was kind of like. Uh, yeah, that was, you know, kind of phase two, kind of, you know, was rolling, seemed to be rolling to a halt. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, uh, I think it was actually October 99, Halloween 99, that a friend of mine who um, was the publicity director for uh, Universal City Walk out here in Burbank, California. And uh, one of, uh, around Halloween, there was like 30 days where City Walk turned into Haunted City Walk, and there was mist and a bunch of zombies running around screaming and um they also universal did a uh, an in-house horror award show called the igor awards and uh, they needed an mc and, and my buddy knew that i was uh, you know chop top and the monster guy so he called me up and asked me if i wanted to uh, mc the horror award show and i said sure and i asked him if i you know if i should come as chop top and he had to consult because Chop Top wasn't a uh, universal monster. Uh, but because I had been in Army of Darkness, I was part of the universal family, and therefore, you know, it was cool to come as Chop Top. So I had done a uh, short film for uh, Tony Hooper, uh, Toby's son, called The All-American Massacre. And on that, um, I had met a guy who guy named Todd Bates who could do the Chop Top makeup. And so uh, I <clears throat> invited him along. He made me up as Chop Top, and then, uh, you know, I emceed the little horror award show as Chop Top in a tuxedo, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the award recipients was Rob Zombie. Yep. And uh, I, I wasn't, a, you know, a Rob Zombie fan. I, my daughter, my older daughter at that time was 13, and she was a big Dragula fan and Hellbilly Deluxe fan, so you know, I brought her along with her, with her one of her little pals, so, you know, to get some daddy points. And... Um, <laughs> So, uh, you know, and I did the show, and I gave Rob his award. And, and, and Rob later told me that, uh, you know, he thought he was backstage, and he, he was just hearing me from backstage, and he thought, yeah, that guy's doing a decent chop top, not great. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, then he comes out and takes a look at me, and he goes, you know, holy shit, that is chop top. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we ended up, uh, uh, you know, that was his first award, so that, that didn't hurt that I was able to and in his first, uh, I'm sure, many awards. Yeah. And uh, we talked backstage. You know, my kid and her friend met Rob. That was very exciting. I met Sherry and Rob's parents, and we all had a great chat. And a month later, I got a call from Rob's uh, manager, Andy Gould, saying his script, House of a Thousand Corpses, had been greenlit at uh, Universal. And uh, would I like to be in it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, by then, you know, by, I kind of run out of steam. My, my career seemed, seemed to have been in one of those, you know, ebbs, like uh, that, uh, you know, most actors experience. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to, to go from basically that to, uh, you know, starring in Rob's, you know, studio picture, quote unquote, was uh, pretty amazing. So, uh, I, I thought for a nanosecond, I said, uh, yeah, I'd like to be in it. <laughs> yeah. And your career just catapulted like crazy. I, like everybody from those movies, uh, it, it almost seemed like Rob was going to use that same kind of group of people for all his movies. You know, it, you know, House Thousand. But of course, it was just a sequel. So you weren't sure if that was the case. But then they all showed up in Halloween. And then, you know, four or five of them I know are in, like, the Lords of Salem. Like, like is, this mm-hmm. a, is this, like, an understood thing that you guys are going to be in most of his movies? Or is it, like, a surprise every time he asks you? I think it's more of a surprise. I mean, you know, I, I think all of us like working with Rob. I don't know who doesn't. Right. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, because when Rob, Rob, Rob is a great director for those of us who love the horror genre because... He likes to go for it. He likes to uh, entertain and, and outrage and freak hmm. out. He likes to. Uh, he loves taking on the suits and duking it out as uh, you know, people fret about should we go that far. And Rob loves to, you know, you know, duke it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a rock and roll guy. And yeah. uh, you know, the great thing about uh, certainly with House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, none of us was really you know kind of a star you know, that you would have on the, the name on the, the box, you know, in terms of, um, you know, a studio picture. 
Right. Uh, the great thing, the, the thing that was so wonderful was that Rob was such a big star name that it was really his name was on the box. And then, you know, because he was the star, like he basically could, you know, pick whatever cast he wanted. So he, you know, he loved Sid Haig, he loved uh, me, he loved, uh, you know, Dennis Fimple, Karen Black, Tommy Tolles. I mean, the, you know, the list goes on. And so it, it ended up being kind of an underground all-star cast that uh, I think, uh, you know, a lot of the studio people were maybe scratching their heads going, who are these people? Right. But, uh, you know, for the fans, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a, really, it was a, it was a holiday. Yeah, it just works. Like the the chemistry is unbelievable with you guys. The casting, unbelievable. Oh, I love that movie. That's one of my favorite movies, Bill. You know, and I gotta say, you guys are such great actors too. And it it really does remind me of literally an all star cast when I watched it. It it's just every single performance. And I know yours, you know, specifically really stood out to me. And I know <laughs> it really creeped me out. And I wasn't gonna mention this, but since I'm talking about it already, I might as well here. There's two things in my life that have really just freaked me out. Like totally, you know, had nightmares about basically one of them being the movie silver bullet the the uh the priest in that movie you ever see that the the priest Ooh, with the wow, eye patch yeah he he scared the the living shit out of me that was the first one now the second one was you now in specifically well, your thanks. voice though yeah well it's something about when when otis gets pissed and the devil's rejects i don't know what it is man it's just it, it, it's embedded into my cerebellum. I just can't get it out of my head. So, you know, <laughs> just wanted to say that. Uh, thank you for that, sir. Well, I'm very glad to hear that. Thank you. You know, when, I, when I'm when i at uh, conventions and people uh, come up to me, you know, a lot of times, uh, uh, you know, they come up and they go, man, you really, you know, and they're serious. I mean, they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're psychically injured. <laughs> yeah. And they come up and they go, man, you really, really freak me out. And I always yeah. just go, uh, thank you. You know, because, uh, you know, to me, that's like uh, saying, job well done, lad. Oh. You know? Oh, absolutely. Because we can tell you're a nice guy, obviously. And you're such a great actor, I got to say. And, and really, it just, it freaked me out. And like I said, that's just a testament to your acting skill. Uh, so, you know, bravo, sir. Yes. Well, thank you. You know, I, I, uh, I got to say that it's, uh, you know, you, you can't imagine how much fun it is to, uh, you know, to be handed roles like that. I mean, to me, that is just, uh, I, I really couldn't be happier. <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean, that, that, that doesn't mean that you end up, um, that, that certainly doesn't mean that you end up, um, going, having to go to some pretty dark places. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, for some people, that's not as hard as, as, uh, you know, when you hear the word cut, you know, coming back. You know, a lot yeah. of people, uh, maybe they go there, they like to, they like to stay there or they can't get back for some reason. I, you know, I, you know, if I, if I have uh, pride in my work, it's being able to, uh, you know, leave it at the office and come home and be, uh, you know, a decent human being. <laughs> I don't know, you know, you don't want, you don't want Otis coming home. Hey, Dad, how was work today? <laughs> Yeah, I'm the devil. I'm here to do the devil's work. Oh my god! And you know the thing I like about Devil's Rejects is that that movie is like a rare case where the sequel is superior to the original. You know, right. which oddly enough is the same thing that happened to Rob Zombie's Halloween. I mean, in my opinion, like, do you agree with that? Like, what did you think of Halloween Two? Uh, with Halloween Two. Uh, Halloween too was, um, you know, a, uh, I got to say that the uh, the very beginning of it was uh, was awesome. I loved I loved Michael Meyer in the uh, hospital. I just thought yep. that was uh, yep. really incredible. Yep. You know, and I you know, and I love you know, it's it's kind of hard to judge that stuff because I love Sherry, Rob, uh, Danielle Harris, Scott Taylor Compton. You know, so we're all buddies, and I'm actually even buddies with Tyler Tyler Maine because of course he. Uh, you know, he was in uh, Devil's Rejects, even though he, you know, got blown away pretty quick. But uh, <laughs> yeah, really nice guy. So it ends up being kind of funny because, uh, you know, especially, you know, it's kind of like seeing the movies, going to the conventions, you know, knowing the people, uh, knowing everybody that's involved. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to get a uh, an objective perspective on it. Oh, yeah. Like you can't get lost in the movie anymore. Right. Um, yeah. not, not as much, although, I mean, there are certainly some that, I, you know, I mean, you know, movies that, uh, where I don't know the people in them, I mean, uh, you know, 
Like I, I saw a movie. Well, you know, I like the the, the two Human Centipede movies. Oh yeah, I think that they yep. are just awesome. I think um, you know, I like a Serbian film. I thought that was the most <laughs> excruciating. Oh my god, excruciating freaked out movie I've ever seen. Oh, I think man. still to this day, it really just uh, really that that kind of had the same impact on the adult me that the Chainsaw Massacre had on the uh, younger me. You don't have it on Blu-ray, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a Blu-ray. No, 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 no. But uh, man, you don't I want that one on Blu-ray. Is, that is an insane movie. And also, oh. you know, Human Centipede one and two. Yeah. Uh, Attack the Block. I love. I mean, you know, there's there's a bunch of yep. you know, it's a bunch of new cool horror movies. I, it's not like I you know I'm jaded to the genre as much as uh, you know when I see you know a Rob Zombie or a Tyler Maine or you know right. Yeah, you know, Ben Forey as Big Jim or whatever his character was in uh, in Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Grizzly. <laughs> that was awesome, man. When when he and Tyler were duking it out in the in oh. the bench room. Oh yeah, God, right. Yep. <laughs> and and Ken told me that uh, you know they they uh, you know they were they kind of were choreographed you know choreographed at, at first, but then you know they really got into it because. Uh, yeah, they're both big guys, and they were, uh, you know, I guess one of them rubbed the other one the wrong way in the moment. You know, you're kind of pushing and shoving, and before you know it, they were really uh, slamming each other around. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Glad, glad I was there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to rip that watch. mask right off your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I just want to thank you for uh, blowing Jimmy's brains out the second he entered the room in the Khaki Palms Motel, by the way. He, he was so yeah. annoying. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> now, I want to ask you, was everybody aware that The Devil's Rejects was not a horror movie by definition, like, while you were filming it? Because I don't think it's a horror movie. I always told people for years, I don't see it as a horror movie. And I think you agree. I remember you saying something like that. Um, yeah, I, I never thought it was either. Uh you know, I think I think to Rob's credit, that's why he uh, edited out. You can see in the deleted scenes that there's some Doctor Satan stuff, and he like, and yeah. and uh, he ends up, um, <clears throat> you know, ripping the, you know, uh, what, what's that beautiful woman's throat out? I mean, I should know her name. Who played the nurse who gets her throat ripped out by Doctor Satan? Oh, oh, good lord! You yeah, I know who know. you're talking. I should know. <laughs> I have an excuse though, because I'm I'm getting old. So, my, Rosario Dawson, that's it. Right. Oh you know, and, yes, and there's yes. A, there's a scene where he rips out Rosario, Rosario's throat, but that that got cut out because, again, you know, Doctor Satan, you know, didn't his 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 look didn't really wasn't really in keeping with, um, you know, the gritty realistic right. uh, uh, Devil's Rejects. Also, I, I think of Devil's Rejects as a violent crime movie. I, I really thought that's where I really thought that uh, was convinced that Rob Zombie was a genius was instead of just making a sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses, which could have been House of Two Thousand Corpses or something as <laughs> right. dumb as that. Um, you know what he was able to do was to uh, basically take the characters, keep them the same, keep the story the same, but everything changed. Right. So, you know, we don't see Captain Spaulding in the makeup uh, for, you know, 90% of the movie. Yep. Baby only does her laugh once. Uh, <laughs> Otis, yep. Otis is now no longer an albino and has blue eyes instead of, uh, you know, red speckled eyes and, uh, you know, seems to have become ruddy and Almond Brothers-like. Yep. And, yep. Uh, you know, that it's not a horror movie per se, but it is, in fact, um, you know, like a road picture, like a violent crime. So that for Rob to basically um, use sequel money to then explore a whole new genre, I thought was really amazing. Yeah, that that's the thing. I never saw a sequel to any movie, whether it be horror or any other kind, be a totally different genre than the first movie. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, it was a may, lot of that things. May be, too. That may be the first time it's ever been done, and it really was amazing. Yeah, and and amazing, and 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 I got to say that I. I still thought, okay, we're doing a sequel. I, I was still kind of in that sequel head until uh, the day that I did my scene uh, in the motel room with uh, with Priscilla Barnes. Right. You know, oh, the, the no. pistol rape motel room banjo and Sullivan scene. And uh, it was so brutal and so rough and such a weird, dark place to go. Uh, and I remember when, when actually uh, we, we had done the first take of it and, uh, 
really, you know, made me, you know, it was upsetting. It was an upsetting scene because you know, we really went for it. So, you know, we got the real feelings out of it and they were bad. And, uh, you know, that's when I stepped off the set for a sec and Rob was there and, uh, I told him I was feeling bad. And he said, uh, that's when he said, art is not safe. Yeah. And what that meant to me was, uh, it, you know, it actually spoke volumes to me because it really, it reminded, you know, I'd never really thought of art as not being safe. I mean, I guess I probably knew that because enough artists were burned at the stake by the church or whatever. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I always thought of art as kind of safe. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I realized art is not safe. So that was kind of a philosophical breakthrough. <laughs> and then also what, what it told me was, uh, we're going for art here. We're not going for a, a shitty sequel that, um, you know, that uh, we hope will make, you know, half the money that the original made so that we can all, you know, you know, go on big vacations and smoke cigars. Exactly. You know, yep. this thing that he was going for something way different. And uh, that was a clear signal to me, like, hey, man, we're, we're going for something here. This isn't just, uh, you know, number two. No, uh, no, and no. Uh, yeah. that you know, I got to say, it fired me up. I thought, now that is very cool. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of changed your perspective on how you approach the rest of the movie, maybe, right? Um, you know, it didn't necessarily because you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I basically, you know, approach the thing the way you know that the way it's written and the way I, you know the character kind of you know takes me, but. Um, you know, it, it just kind of gave me a, a you know a respect or some kind of a deeper, different perspective on it. And mm -hmm. uh, it just really yep. made me think, you know, it, if anything, it, it made me more determined and enthusiastic. Right. Because, you know, it was, it was we, we shot that whole thing in 30 days. And um, uh, certainly it was uh, pretty grueling for, uh, you know, the principal actors as well as certainly the crew and Rob and the producers. But, uh, you know, we all had to really suck it up and really, you know, bust our butts. And it required a lot of stamina and it required a lot of focus. Uh, in discipline just to kind of stick with it because uh, not slack off or drift or, uh, you know, let it roll a little bit. And, uh, you know, hearing that from Rob, I mean, that, that, that was, that lit of, you know, if I needed an extra fire lit under my tail, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's funny he said that because like, I'm, I'm kind of like along the same lines as you, like you, when he said art is not safe. And you thought it was like so would I. I mean, you would imagine. Yeah, I'm going to go in there and, and make believe I'm somebody else, and it's all pretend that we can go home and be ourselves again. You know, so it should be pretty safe. But I guess what he meant was like when you give a performance that's worthy of you know watching or you know being on film, you have to go to a, a dark place, and you that's not safe. You know, because you might open up things in your mind that you didn't know were there just through this art itself. You know, absolutely. And you know, with, with, and I got to give you know. Kudos to uh, to Priscilla Barnes, who really uh, was right there with me in that moment. And you know, you know, the art not being safe part is, you know, usually when you're doing like a, especially some kind of a, you know, horror movie, and you know that the you know the blood is fake and the you know the wounds are prosthetic and uh, there's a bunch of CGI maybe and you know it's a it's a monster, it's a guy with a rubber mask. In other words you know all of that while you're actually making the movie. Now, when it's all put together and people see it in the theater, there's, you know, moments where they jump out of their seats and, you know, scary music and wonderful, you know, editing and camera shots and all that stuff. But, you know, when you're making it, it's a, it's a different experience. Um, you know, in that moment at Devil's Rejects, it was not a different experience. There was no rubber. There was no trickery. There was nothing fake. You had to go to that place. That was the why that scene is really, you know, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful in the movie. Was you know yeah. there wasn't there was no faking it, man. That was, <laughs> that yeah. was we had to go there, <laughs> and, uh, and it was uh, very exciting and very frightening. And uh, really, you know, uh, you know, Priscilla, I remember, uh, you know, gave me a note afterwards and uh, and just uh, said, uh, you know, thank you for you know, being there in, in one of the most exciting scenes I've ever done in my life, you know, and oh, she, you know, so wow. she felt it too. I mean, it was really like, you know, you know, it was uh, very powerful. And, and the only way you could do that is to just let yourself, uh, you know, let yourself go really and just not, 
you know, not be frightened, not hold back, uh, you know, just uh, basically surrender to it. And uh, yeah, it was dark, but it was ultimately very exciting. Yeah. Uh, this film came out perfect. Amazing. And we're all big fans, yep. definitely. Oh, good. You know, yep. sp- but uh, you got a lot of stuff coming up. Now, you see, you have a lot of ties to te- uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, making your own fan film, then you did part two. House of a Thousand is clearly has ele- elements of Texas Chainsaw in it. And now you're playing Drayton Sawyer, the father who of the original movie, I guess, in, uh, you know, you're uh, taking on that role. And I have high hopes for this because Texas Chainsaw has been the best of the reboots in it, you know, the whole reboot craze and now you're in it. I yeah. mean, I just think it's going to be great. Can, can you tell us anything about this? Movie? Well, I can. I... First of all, I can tell you that uh, Drayton Sawyer is actually the older brother. Oh, that's a yes. brother? You know, a lot of people get that confused, but, um, you know, if you think back to the original, um, when Hitchhiker and, uh, when Drayton is giving the Hitchhiker some grief and, and the Hitchhiker goes, you're just a cook. You know, and, yep, uh, right. you know, that's that's West Texas, man. You don't say that to your dad, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that's, uh, so so Drayton has always been uh, the older brother. Yeah, I think the way the family the way the family is, is that there is uh, Drayton is the oldest. Then there are yep. the twins, Chop Top and the Hitchhiker. Uh, right. Chop Top mm-hmm. had been away in uh, fighting in Vietnam during the making of the first Chainsaw Massacre. And then uh, back, of right. course, with the head wound and a bunch of government money and, uh, you know, enough to bankroll the rolling Grilla-Go-Go chili business for Train uh, Thought 2. But, of course, you yeah. know, I'm doing that to support the family. But what I really want to do with my, with my head wound money is to open up a, uh, you know, a Vietnam-themed amusement park called Nam Land. <laughs> Nam Land. Nam Land, right? Um, so, so I now, uh, you know, uh, when they were uh, casting for uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, which is Lionsgate film, and according to uh, the producer Carl Mazacone, it's now set to come out. I think it's Jan 4, 2013. Okay. And um, uh, so when I was when they were casting it. Um, you know, I remember uh, Carl, I'd worked with Carl on Repo, the genetic opera, yep. and also a movie that's just coming out one of these days, actually pretty soon, I think in the next day or two or a week or something, and that's called The Tortured, and uh, mm-hmm. Carl also produced that, and um, so when he called me and said he wanted me to be in his Texas Chainsaw 3D, you know, I was very excited about it, and I figured, uh, thank God, finally Chop Top rides again. And then he told me that uh, they had the rights to the original chainsaw, but not, not the, the second two. one. Yeah. Oh, okay. the second <laughs> so one no chop. Uh, <laughs> the second one has en- ended up, you know, bouncing around from it was a Canon Films, and then it got bought up by Pathé, and they got bought up by MGM, and then they got bought yeah. out by Sony. So that's where uh, Chainsaw Two is currently the property of Sony Studios. Uh, so, yeah. um, so they didn't have the rights to Chop Top because he uh, wasn't yeah. in the original. So yeah. um, uh, Carl uh, Mazatone uh, asked if I wanted to play Drayton. And I said, uh, you know, I said, absolutely. I mean, it's a total shift. It's kind of like asking Curly to come back and play Mo in a reboot of the Three Stooges. Yeah, it seemed like a, like a, a stretch and, you know, kind of weird. But what I was happy to do was to, um, you know, I, I was a great friend of uh, Jim Seedow, uh, who passed away maybe six or seven years ago. And, uh, you know, we were Christmas card buddies. I love, you know, I loved his wife, Ruth, and we were always pals and, uh, you know, enjoyed each other's company. So, you know, for me, I was very happy to get the job because um, I really, I felt part of it was about uh, just making sure that I protected his legacy. You know, and just just in the sense of like, I, I would rather, you know, and, and I may, you know, I may have screwed it up, who knows, but I, I would rather screw it up than somebody who, you know, didn't really know or appreciate Jim or the, you know, the, the legacy of, of the Chainsaw Massacre movies and, you know, but somebody who actually uh, at least, you know, was, was trying. <laughs> yeah, I highly <laughs> so, doubt uh, that's the case. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm sure it was great. <laughs> Yeah, so they gave me some funny teeth and a, and a and a fat shirt, and we shy it down in um, 
in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana last summer when uh, I was down there for about a week, and I think the average temperature was 104 degrees. Wow. And it's uh, Louisiana, so I think the humidity was somewhere above 90%. Oh. So, you know, the part that I shot, I, I also was down there with Gunnar Hansen. Uh, he was in it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, John Dugan, who played, you know, it's so funny because John Dugan played the original grandpa. And oh, uh, that wow. was like 74, and now, you know, 40 years later, he, he returns to play grandpa. Wow. Yeah. That is freaky. It's like, it's like the saw is in the family. I mean, that's really a family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and Marilyn Burns is back. I mean, oh. so there, there was, uh, you know, there was a lot of, um, you know, and, and that's all thanks to uh, Carl, you know, that he, you know, that he, acknowledged, uh, you know, the legacy and the Chainsaw family and, you know, put a bunch of us together. Um, And then also he ended up uh, recreating really pretty remarkably, almost photographically recreating the Chainsaw House. Oh, wow. Which they they built on a a piece of uh, army property. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know if we ever were in danger of stepping on landmines, but uh, (laughs) we were down there on some army like, you know, base or something. Sure, watch <laughs> out. You might end up like Chop Top if you don't... Uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shrapnel. Yeah. A metal yeah. Head. <laughs> I'm really excited about this movie, though, Bill. Oh, this has got to be probably one yeah, of my and most and it's 3D, movies. so there, you know, and I, the director is a great guy named John Lewenkamp, and uh, yep. I actually just saw John and Carl uh, doing uh, ADR, and that's where you go in and revoice some of your scenes if there was something wrong with the sound. Mm-hmm. I just saw them uh, last week, so uh, they're very excited about it. And, uh, you know, I, I am too, man. I can't wait. Uh, the, the good news is I get a free ticket, so uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll be there, be there walking that red carpet. Wow, that is so great. You're getting tons of work. Like right now, aren't you in the middle of filming Manson Girls? Um, Manson Girls is still waiting to, uh, we, you know, we're still on the runway. I guess uh, they're waiting to, you know, get the... You know the, the the amount of cash they need to really you know go and do this thing. Oh, We've actually okay. shot a we shot a trailer so far, and right. um, for the trailer, I actually for the soundtrack, I recorded uh, an old Doors song called Five to One. Yeah, mm-hmm. with actually one of the Doobie Brothers, a guy named Guy Allison, and um, so I recorded that song, and um, that's the soundtrack for the Manson Girls trailer. Oh, wow. I, I don't know if the awesome. trailer has been released yet, or if it's a trailer that's just you know being sent to uh, potential uh, uh, you know uh, money people. I, I don't know how that's working, but uh, you know it's a cool script and it should be you know a you know a great movie. I, I'm I'm surprised actually because it's um, you know the fact that it's concentrating on the girls and uh, you know at least uh, you know I've met some of the you know actresses that have been cast in it and. You know, I got to say that if uh, if they had been playing, if they had been the real Manson girls, I don't think Charlie would have. He never would have left home, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We saw that Monica Kina. Yeah, in Monica there, Kina, and she's from Freddie vs. Jason, and she's uh, mm-hmm. she's, she's a looker. Oh, and boy. you see, yeah. like, and you're playing Charles Manson. I mean, that's that's great. Now, he, you see, if I was an actor, and this might be the typical approach, so let me to let me know if you're gonna do this differently, like. I'd probably go and watch all those old interviews of him and things like sure. that. And I would probably, I don't know, I'd probably try to like match that to be as like authentic as possible. I mean, is that is that what an actor does? Or are you just going to do your whole complete, your own take on what you're reading on that script? Well, you know, I also, you know, read the script. You read, uh, you know, um, uh, you go on YouTube and watch the interviews. Uh, yep. You read Helter Skelter. Uh, you know, it, it depends. I mean, uh, for me, I, I certainly have availed myself of all of that. Um, what I was worried about, uh, you know, I, you know, what, what actually was, uh, you know, made me, uh, it consoled me in a way was watching one of the interviews. I don't know if it was a Charlie Rose or Geraldo Rivera or whatever was, uh, with Charles Manson. And, um, I think it was Charlie Rose and he, you know, kind of leaned forward and earnestly and said, uh, Charlie Manson. Describe yourself, you know, in five words, you know, whatever he was. You know, who is Charles Manson? Yeah, I know this. And uh, Charles Manson, without missing a beat, looked him right in the eye and said, um, "I'm a, I'm a poet. I'm a, I'm a roll of nickels. No, I'm, a, I'm a boxcar. I'm a roll of nickels, and I'm a straight razor. If you get too close to me." 
just like, man, that's pretty good for like just off the top of your head. Right. So what I got what I got from him was that there is there is a kind of uh, somewhere in there is um, this kind of uh, you know almost like a Woody Guthrie American oh. poetry that that I really appreciate. And then the other thing that I liked was that uh, he's got a sense of humor. Yeah. You know, he's crazy, he does like weird, crazy dances and starts speaking crazy tongues in some interviews. But you can tell he's, uh, you know, there's a, there's a kind of a, a sense of humor to him, which uh, is very helpful because all the characters that I played, whether it's uh, Luigi Largo or Johnny in Night of the Living Dead or Chop Top or Otis, you know, the, what, the thing that really, you know, helps me to make them come alive is is a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And... Um, even though Charles Manson did, you know, you know, was a predatory, you know, guy that did, you know, a lot of very scary manipulations of people and did the right. creepy crawlies and all kinds of weird, scary, scary stuff. You know, the fact that he, uh, you know, he has, uh, you know, a, a poetic you know, soul and also a sense of humor really, really helped a lot. Yeah. Yep, definitely. And yep. Dan, you had a question about uh, Holliston, right? Oh, uh, absolutely. Hey, Bill, one of my favorite shows uh, is Holliston, definitely. Um, you know, we okay. had Adam Green a few weeks back talking about that, and, uh, you know, we've been really excited for that. And then, as I'm watching it, I noticed that you had a, a, a part on that, which totally set it over the top for me. That just solidified it for me. So I'm just wondering, you know, how that came about and how you got involved with that. Um, you know, uh, Holliston is... Um is all Adam Green. I think that maybe, you know, I worked with Adam. You know, I, I certainly met him a couple of times at, uh, you know, at the horror conventions. And yeah. I did something for FearNet. And FearNet, I think, is the producer of Holliston. And yep. FearNet uh, did some kind of, uh, like, at the movies with, and they would have these, uh, you know, pairs of people that had something to do with such, and such a horror movie that would be talking about it and uh you know, uh, throughout the course of the movie. And uh, I got paired up with Adam, actually, for Devil's Rejects. And um, when it came time to doing Holliston, I, he called me up and um, asked me, uh, you know, wanted me to do, uh, you know, a kind of a Crazy Eddie character. Uh, Crazy Eddie uh-huh. was uh, like a, you know, frenetic pitch man, you know, in the 70s, I guess, in the 80s. Um, you know, outside of New York for, uh, like, you know, cheap stereo equipment or something. And uh, Crazy Eddie, his prices are insane. And so uh, <laughs> I was going to do uh, Crazy Max. And Crazy Max, uh, you know, is another, you know, somebody, local guy in, outside of Boston who, uh, you know, has a big store full of junk, basically, like discount stuff and, you know, and, yep. and love, loves the idea of doing his own commercials. You know, he doesn't have the money to spend on a, you know, really good commercial. So he gets the, the Holliston guys to, you know, basically produce like really crappy little commercials that then crazy, crazy Max loves to, you know, be on camera. So, uh, you know, that's basically what I did. I channeled, um, I channeled crazy Eddie. Um, I used to work on Martha's Vineyard and, you know, fish markets. Uh, oh, did you, you know, so, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was on, I'm uh, broadcasting from uh, Falmouth right now. All right, Falmouth, dude. Yeah, yeah. I was on the vineyard. I, I worked at Pools Fish Market and Larson's. Um, oh, you know, both, okay. Both in Menemsha, which is uh, up island by oh. Gay Head on Martha's Vineyard. You know, oh, so wow. I, you know, I've been around. You know, I know, I know that area, and I know the <laughs> people. I used to actually, my career started in Boston. I used to work in uh, advertising in Boston. So, really, you know, lived on, uh, you know, lived on Boylston between Berkeley and Clarendon. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's where it all began. So I, I had the, uh, I knew the accents and, um, you know, it was a great, uh, it was a great tagline, you know, but I'm from crazy Max. If you don't, you're retarded. <laughs> you know, so. And it was just fun. I just came in one day. They just kind of, you know, gave me a few little costumes and, you know, stood me in front of the camera and just said, you know, go for it. So, uh, you know, that was basically it. It was one day's work. It was uh, a lot of fun. Yep. You know, and I also, I'm a pal of D. Snyder, so it was fun. You know, okay. he was on the chat and everything. So I was, you know, it was just a fun day. 
Oh, that's great. Now, when we were talking to Adam, too, we were talking about season two. Um, do you think you'll be back for at all for season two? Same character, maybe different character? Uh, it, it, sounds, it sounds like it. Adam, Adam has uh, intimated that, um, that, that he wants uh, Crazy Max back, so uh, I'm looking forward to <laughs> that. Great. I'm excited. If, if he awesome. didn't, he would be retarded. Like <laughs> <laughs> a retarded dude. I try not yeah. to let my Boston accent get too crazy because these mm-hmm. guys kill me every time. So. <laughs> Let you go. You know, I, I just want to tell you before we let you go. Um, I'm, I'm, I really love the corn bugs. I've been listening. To a lot. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big fan of Buckethead, man, and I, I find it fascinating that uh, when you guys record. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. You, you don't rehearse anything, and it's one take, and that's it. Yeah, that's right. Wow, and but how does that work for you though? Like, do you? I guess you write all your lyrics out. And you just you just record yourself over the music once? You no, know, I I don't actually. Uh, uh, you know, some of them, uh, a lot of the songs are just uh, the lyrics. Actually, I just uh, make them up on the spot. I mean, they're just spontaneous. <laughs> really? You just yeah, stand just there. <laughs> like uh, like pigs are people too is totally yep. just uh, yep. made it up. Yeah, I know. made when, it up. And, when a pig gets his throat slit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, with, well, with Buckethead, um, you know, he's uh, not, a, you know, a regular, you know, a, you know, normal, you know, quote unquote. He's, uh, you know, I, you know, to me, he's the greatest guitar player on the planet. But um, agreed. agreed. If, if you try to say, hey, look, let's go back tomorrow and you know work on this, that, you know, that's not going to happen. So basically, um, you know, during my Cornbuzz experience, is basically, you know, what you get is what you get, and that's going to be it. So, uh, you know, you just have to learn how to, uh, uh, you know, just go for it in the moment there, because uh, that's that's going to be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we love it, and and Dan, yeah, we're rocking it. And and Dan's very curious, but he won't ask you. Um, does Buckethead wear his bucket in the house? <laughs> uh, I'm not at liberty to say. <laughs> Bill, like, you know, I'm 27. You can certainly, you can I certainly use your own imagination. Okay. Yeah. I saw Buckethead um, back in, I think it was 99, and it was mm-hmm. the most crazy experience I've ever had. He was playing yeah. with Primus at the time. And, um, yes, that's right. I, yeah, it totally blew me away. I said, is that a KFC bucket on this guy? What What's going on oh, here? Yeah. It was so intriguing. And then that's when I got into the music a little bit, and I was really excited about it. And actually, you know, thinking back to it now, that's when I came across some of your stuff back then too. So it was it was cool, man. It was uh, I love it, and I agree. Well, I'm gonna have to send you guys a copy of Spider Mountain. That's my new band with a guy named Ronnie Sharon from a band called Stolen Babies. Oh yeah, and uh, Spider Mountain. You can actually go on YouTube and just type in Spider Mountain, and I think I think we have maybe three three or four claymation videos. Actually, three claymations and then one live action. And uh, the album is called No Way Down, and you can always get it at my website, choptopsbbq.com. Wow. All right. Great. Awesome. Right. Definitely. How's that for a sales pitch? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, did, did you ever see the video that some guy made for Pigs or People 2? It's like a claymation for Is that the same guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was awesome. I like that. That was yeah, awesome. We love that video. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Jim Lombardo. You know, okay. I, I met him, you know, when he was like maybe 15 and, and we met at a, uh, a convention near him in Ohio. I think it was mm-hmm. Cinema Wasteland outside of uh, Cleveland. And, uh, you know, he, he showed me, you know, he gave me a DVD of some of his claymation stuff. And I saw it and I thought, you know, this is really cool. So yeah. uh, I started using him, uh, you know, called him up or emailed him and said, hey, would you do one for, you know, I sent him the CD and said, would you do one for, I think the first one was, Pigs are people too, or maybe spot the psycho. I'm not sure, but um, you know, it was so good. It was just like, man, this is fam- fabulous. So mm-hmm. he's somebody I've used, uh, you know, year in and year out. He's a you know great guy, and what a great imagination. So I just want to thank you guys. I, I had a great time. Thank you for reminding me of this. Uh, you know, this. Uh, you know, this is a career. Yep. You oh. know, sometimes I forget about that. I forget. I just think I wake up and I go, eh, well, whatever. And then I, I'm reminded. Yeah, that's right. And so, and we all saw the Rogue River that's coming out this week. We saw the trailer. It looks great. Yes, yep. it. I think I think it's actually on sale today in Walmart. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and whatever else is left after Walmart's been there. Exactly. All right, <laughs> we will definitely check that out. Everybody, check it out. Bill Mosley, thank you. Yeah, Rogue thank River. you, bro, for coming on the show. We loved it, man. Thank you. All right. Well, my pleasure. Thanks, Bill. My pleasure, guys. All right, right, hang in here, and I'll talk to you later. Okay. And and remember, lick my plate, you dog dicks.
<laughs> Will do. Ooh. All right. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you later. Yep, thank All you. Right. I'll be your friend if you be mine. I'll take your brain. You take my spine. I'll take your feet. You take my eyes. And we'll lie back. Stare at the skies. Spot Psycho. Spot Psycho. Spot Psycho. Spot Psycho. Spot Psycho. Spot the Psycho. He's over here. He's over there. He's in your easy chair. Wow. Might be your dad, gas station attendant, or a college grad. Might be the president, or a man in jail. But Spot the Psycho, he brings the mail. Spot the Psycho, Spot the Psycho! Spot the Psycho, Spot the Psycho! Spot the Psycho, Spot the Psycho! She's over here, she's over there, she's in your underwear. in your underwear.